Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 44 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. Here with uh, my good friends and co-hosts, Bob Seska and Justin Rosario. Gentlemen, good morning. How's it going? Uh, It is going. It is going. We've had another week in uh, mad in crazy town. Um, This uh, today's episode is going to be a good good show for you today. We've had some fantastic articles out on the banter this week. I wanted to say both uh, Justin and Bob publish great pieces um, that everybody should be reading. We're going to be discussing those going a bit more in depth. Uh, We're going to be talking about the Republicans obsession with trans people. We're going to be talking about, I published an article also on Tucker Carlson and his obsession with trans people as well. So that'll be good. That kind of meshes. We all kind of wrote on fairly similar topics this week without any, you know, any knowledge of what the other was writing. Uh, we did, we're going to be talking about Jordan Peterson, who keeps crying over incels. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the es- Russia escalation, the annexation of four territories into Russia and whether this is going to escalate further, how we can perhaps get, you know, claw our way back to some sense of, of stability in the region, if that's even possible anymore. We have our both sides segment where we have uh, someone, uh, uh, FBI hitman, um, uh, someone who tried to kill an FBI agent. We'll talk about that in the both sides segment. And then for the members only podcast, uh, we are going to be discussing Justin's time in incel chat rooms. Yay! Um, <laughs> so you've got that to look forward to. Uh, so, um, this week, Bob, you did a great post. You centred Ben Shapiro, our good friend Ben Shapiro, on uh, your your essay. And it was about his obsession with um, basically trans children and children's gender identity and uh, there was a great line um, in 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 your, <laughs> <laughs> which which I posted uh, about about PP about he his use of the word PP. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. The commander yeah. of the intellectual dark web is going around talking about PP. I'm surprised. You know what? He needs to throw in wee wee too. I mean, just to be. <laughs> Just to include all of the stupid childish euphemisms in this kind of discussion. It's pathetic that he's spending so much time thinking about children and peeing. Right. And that's the thing that, that gets lost in the shell game. So creepy. Because they're, yeah, because they're spending so much time demonizing trans people, trans mm. children in this case, um, not to mention non-binary people and on down the line. But, you know, that's the whole idea. We're being such assholes to a, a subsection of American citizens who are bullied to suicide, who are relentlessly hectored and otherized, uh, even at the highest levels of state-level government. Uh, Ron Johnson. I mean, not Ron mm. Johnson, but uh, Ron DeSantis, for example. So uh, the, this is the, the target, and you know it's correct to be outraged, and it's correct to push back, but at the same time, you have to realize that these guys, uh, these are grownups, and they have a gigantic platform. Ben Shapiro's podcast is, uh, you know, probably in the top five of news and politics podcasts in oh, the he's world. Huge. He's huge. Uh, same goes for Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh is a top eight or ten uh, podcast in that particular category. Uh, certainly ranked high enough overall in among all categories of podcasts, and yet they're spending all this time just like mulling over the notion of children peeing and where is it okay for children to pee? I mean, this is a big window into how these people think because, you know, normally we hear about uh, these conservatives and then they pop up later on having been indicted, arrested, prosecuted for all kinds of horrible sexual assault. Some involving adults, some involving children, and you start to see exactly, yeah, you start <laughs> to see time. the the connection between that and 
you know, the topics they spent all their they, they spend all their time talking about. And in this case, children peeing, which bathrooms are OK? Can a, a trans girl, uh, you know, go into a boy's room, et cetera? It's just they're so confused <laughs> by the dynamics of trans people. And as a consequence of that, it's just con- it's just around the clock. Let's talk about children peeing. Can, and in the case can of I ben just Shapiro, play? Yeah, I'm just, gonna play the, I'm just going to play the clip, right, from Ben okay. Shapiro, because this is what you wrote your piece about, Bob, and it, it was, like, I hadn't really listened to it, and then I listened to it, and I'm like, this is fucking weird. It's just yeah. weird. Right, hold on. Here we, here we go. Okay. Okay, meanwhile, over in Virginia, the Democrats are fighting mad. They're fighting mad because Glenn Youngkin is actually keeping one of his promises. One of his promises is that he is not going to allow transgender policy to change how children go to school. So what he means by this is that he is no longer going to allow people who simply identify as a member of the opposite sex to walk into the bathrooms at public schools. And this follows hot on the heels of a story that was largely broken by the Daily Wire in which a student dressed in a skirt allegedly went into a girl's bathroom and sexually assaulted a girl. And so, and then was told by the school board in Loudoun County, this sort of stuff never happens. If you have transgender bathrooms, it really is no problem whatsoever. So Glenn Youngkin has now changed the policy and he has gone back to the original policy, which until the last five minutes was considered not only normal, but perfectly logical that boys should go pee pee in the boys room and girls should go pee pee in the girls room and that boys should not go pee pee in the girls room just because they say that they are, are boys and that girls should not go pee pee in the boys room because they're not capable of using the urinal. I mean, like th- this is this is really not difficult stuff, but apparently it's now driving outsized outrage. So according to BuzzFeed News, students at almost 100 schools in Virginia on Tuesday participated in walkouts to protest a proposed policy put forward by Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin that would heavily restrict the rights of transgender students. And how about the rights of girls not to be in a bathroom with a teenage boy? That seems like a pretty big right, but apparently no, no right to privacy for girls who actually would like to, you know, go to the bathroom in peace have a teenage boy in there saying he's a girl. No, no, they, they have no rights. It's only this particular set of people who apparently has rights. Okay, so the whole PP thing, like, it's just weird, right? Like, Ben, Ben, you you have two young kids. I had yes. two young kids. When we when they were in diapers, I didn't think about this much about kids peeing. <laughs> it's just it's just weird. But it's he keeps saying bizarre. it. But he just yeah. keeps saying. The thing is, he he says it right. He says. Uh, he says, and, and Bob, there was there were so many quotes in your piece that just had me laughing. Um, there was the, the you know, uh, it's the, you opened, it said, Ben Shapiro, a podcaster who sounds like his show is permanently playing at 1.5 speed. Yes. Even though it's not as <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. How many the chipmunk was a white nationalist? Yeah. Right? A lot of people who listen to podcasts at one and a half speed or even twice speed, Mm. I can't imagine listening to Ben Shapiro's podcast literally at one and a half speed on your podcast player. It would be unintelligible. Unintelligible, Because he already yeah. talks that fast. He already talks that quickly. And I'm not sure what it is about that. I don't know what causes that. I mean, I kind of assume or I uh, speculate that it's Adderall or some other stimulant that allows him to speak at that rate, but it's an inhuman speed. I refer to it as it, like it light speed. I mean, it's so fast. But that's just what we see on the surface. It really is uh, more or less a distraction to the content that he's actually spewing on his Which is show. nonsense. Which is just yeah, nonsense. Yeah. And, and it was a weird week for Ben Shapiro because uh, at the same time, while I'm looking at this quote, he was also attacking the military because, you know, it's the standard Republican line about the woke military and how that, you know, mascul- the lack of masculinity in the military is bad for... The, it's just oh my god this yeah, is the, let's ask this how is the russian military is doing with its non-wokeness yeah yeah, yeah. Russian military is doing great yeah against all these sissy liberals in ukraine right yeah I, I would love to see and in fact i would pay to see this ben shapiro lined up with an entire platoon of trans men put through basic training at paris island you know the marines basic training the sort of shit that we saw in the first half of Full Metal Jacket. I assure you, those trans men would last, oh my God, so much longer than Ben Shapiro would in that scenario. And the same with Tucker Carlson. I'm sure you're going to talk about Tucker Carlson and this whole masculinity thing. But the obsession over trans people is getting to the point of being dangerous. Uh, We're beyond unhealthy 
you know, mm. we're down into the realm of dangerous now where they're demonizing trans people to the point where their audience is hearing this is an amazing threat, not only to the Republic, but it's a threat to our children. You know, a, a trans uh, girl going into a, a bathroom with uh, cis girls and, uh, oh, my God, they're going to perv out. They're going to do nothing but uh, sexually assault children. And I think I, just as a brief correction, there was, I think, maybe one instance in the last whatever, how many years. I think there's only been one instance of something happening in a bathroom involving, uh, I believe, a trans girl. Now, beyond that, statistically, mm. it is non-existent. Statistically, any sort of sexual assault in bathrooms involving trans people is zero. Mm. So you can't You're more take likely to example. find a Republican in a bathroom than a trans person. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God. Just opening up any newspaper in any given week, there's yet another, as I was saying before, yet another Republican indicted for sexual assault whether it's children, adults, or both. And that mm. happens every goddamn week. So there's a much greater correlation between sexual assault involving Republicans than in any universe involving trans people. It just doesn't happen. But this is the new way that we're going to scare the shit out of uh, soccer moms, parents in suburbia, uh, who aren't necessarily high information voters who are only hearing things tangentially. And then when you go, okay, yeah, th this uh, class of people, they're coming after your children. It's just like with critical race theory and the gubernatorial race in Virginia. This is the new version of that. And mm. the, the horrible side effect of it is Trans people are going to continue to be bullied. Trans people are going to continue to commit suicide as a consequence of that bullying. Trans people are going to be physically attacked. Uh, there will be physical attacks against places like Children's Hospital involved in this uh, crusade by Matt Walsh, which Matt Walsh's show is part of Ben Shapiro's network. So it's all basically one and the same. So this is where this is all heading. And it's all because of a group of people that represent what uh, one, two percent of the population at best, if that. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, it's a it's a by and large oppressed class of people in this country mm. and they're making it absolutely worse. Why? What is the obsession here? Why is Ben Shapiro so obsessed with children peeing and whether or not uh, trans boys have to use a urinal mm. you know, for God's sake? And he doesn't even get it right. You know, I'm glad you played the clip, Ben, because mm. in the middle of this, he says, uh, let's see here. Boys should not go pee pee in the girls room just because they say they are boys. Well, if he's talking about trans girls, they're not saying they're boys. So Captain Intellectual Dark Web here got it completely wrong. Maybe you should spend some time reading about the dynamics of trans people and what the nomenclature is, rather than constantly demonizing it and making it dangerous for trans people to, you know, exist. So there uh, it is. Can, can I give you a, a bit of a high note for this story? Okay. Um, so on Tuesday, now you know that um, Glenn Youngkin, our Republican governor here in Virginia, mm -hmm. um, handed down an edict because the Democrats control the Senate, so he can't actually pass any laws anti-trans laws they won't let him so he passed down an edict from on high like you know the republican dictator he wants to be um ordering virginia schools to stop using preferred pronouns and to stop allowing um trans students to use the bathrooms that they prefer Jeez. um and northern virginia schools uh, as far as i know all of them more or less said go fuck yourself mm -hmm. and on Tuesday, uh, the students staged a walkout. Um, a yeah. lot of them staged a walkout. Now, my girls participated in the walkout, which I was quite happy about. I, I did not actually know about the walkout. Um, we must have missed that memo. And they came home and they told I us. I think that, that was the had, idea. Yeah, <laughs> that was the idea. Had, Don't tell any of the grownups. Yeah, we got, a, we got an email during the day that that was going to happen. And we were like, oh, okay, well, that was good to know. Um, but I went and I poked around online and I managed to find 
one protest in like the last several years of kids protesting kids, not adults, kids protesting against transgender students. And that was 20 girls in, I think it was Iowa. And there were 40 students who counter protested against the, the protesters. Other than that, every time there's some kind of protest when it comes student protest when it comes to transgender kids, it's in favor of the transgender kids. So this is strictly uh, a, an adult thing. Like kids aren't really having it. Like the kids still get bullied in school, but it is not something where like half the school turns out to protest against transgender kids. It really is just an adult thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the kids just really are not really listening to it. They're not having it. And every time the schools try to push it onto the students, the students have a habit of getting really, really pissy about it. Mm-hmm. Like they're not interested in this level of bullshit and bigotry coming from their parents. So that's a good thing. You know, yeah. that's that's something that, you know, we should look forward to going Listen, forward. My, my, there's a trans kid in my in my four year old's um, class. Um, and my kid, my, my four-year-old couldn't give a damn, couldn't care less. He, he's not, he doesn't care whether his friend is whatever he, it's, it's quite, it's really sweet to watch, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. that's just his friend. Um, I know that they don't care. The kid's parents. Yes. (laughs) Right, right, right. And, and that's what the, the their kid's parents says as well it's like she, she you know i talked to his um their mum rather and um basically it's you know she's they have a hard time because a lot of, a lot of her family believes that she's a bad mother because she's forcing a gender ideology onto her kid and she's like why would i do this to my kid why would i do that of course i'm yeah, not yeah. um you know that's just my kid and they are going to do what they want to do and i can't stop it you know it's like it's not something i you know no one in their right mind would would try and force this gen this an ideology like that onto their child Mm -hmm. uh to make their life a misery because they've gone to other schools and it's been you know pretty bad Um, and and children wouldn't take and we're talking about kids here first of all mm. Uh, kids wouldn't you know sort of arbitrarily make the decision okay i'm trans Mm knowing that uh, the trans people are routinely bullied and hectored and otherized as we've been seeing here. So they only make that choice when it's extraordinarily clear to them that that's who they are. I don't think there's any, I I think the Republican line is that trans uh, children are just choosing to be trans because it's trendy. Right. And that's not the case at all. Yeah, I mean, why would you choose to be bullied? I mean, why would you choose to be this class of society that is uh, constantly torturing you unless you have no choice, unless that is inherently who you are, unless that is intrinsic to your your personal being? And so that's I think that's the choice that a lot of uh, children and their parents face on on a regular basis and the yeah. republican party is making it more and more difficult the republican party which by the way talks about you know free speech talks about uh you know freedom and liberty and and things that uh you know are, are inherent to being an american citizen but at the same time well no and not if you're a woman or a black person or trans right. person freedom to be gay. what they approve of exactly That's what they right. mean freedom yeah. to be what they like and what they approve of and yep. nothing else yeah, it's uh, and Ben. Look, so I wrote a piece this week about Tucker Carlson and about Tucker Carlson pretending to be an alpha male. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you were being serious. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, no, he, no, he is. He, re- he really is. So, so it, 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 the research that went into this piece was it, it did a, a fairly. It's a pretty in-depth piece on Tucker Carlson's this this whole new weeds of his, right? And this obsession with testosterone. He and and Ben Shapiro uh, are do you know they're both using this issue of testosterone levels in men uh, about why it's declining. Yeah, you know the wussification apparently of the. I mean, of the I military. guess they would know about the decline of testosterone because they don't have any. But go ahead, right, sorry. That, but that, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like Tucker Carlson has basically. He's kind of like humiliating himself by going to, you know, he did this uh, interview with Dana White, right, the head of the UFC, who's a major Trump supporter, 
uh, and kind of, you know, well-known sort of tough guy. He was like a boxer back in the day. And, you know, he runs the biggest kind of, you know, mixed martial arts organization in the world. And he did this event with, with, with Dana White, right, where he kind of sat opposite Dana White in an MMA cage, right, wearing Venetian loafers and, uh, and a, you know, his, his, his boating outfit, right? Um, About as manly as it gets. And, and, and you can see the side profile, right? You can, the whole thing is, a lot of it's shot from the side, right? So you see Tucker Carlson's side profile and the guy has no chin and his belly is like hanging over his, mm, over his corduroy trousers. Uh, and it just looks ridiculous, absolutely in, in, ludicrous. Um, and he also flew out to the head, some Hell's Angel guy who died, I don't know, Sonny Barger or something, and gave this. He literally delivered the eulogy at, at a Hell's Angels uh, event, right, for this guy, Sonny Barger, uh-huh. and pretended that he knew who Sonny Barger was, and he pretended that he was into motorbikes and, and that, you know, he was always a big fan of the Hell's Angels. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the white supremacy, maybe, but, you know, otherwise, you know. No, he doesn't. Yeah. He's not interested in any of this stuff. He doesn't care about the Hell's Angels. He's never been to Stockton, California. Uh, you, you know, um, I wrote that he, you know, he's flown over it on his way to Napa Valley uh, for wine tasting events. But, but that's about it, right? So, and then you've got Ben Shapiro on the. Again, if you listen to Ben Shapiro's voice, it's just he doesn't scream alpha male, does it? When you listen no, to Ben Shapiro, none of them do. Not a so, single one of them do. Right, Tucker Carlson's wine. Yeah, Tucker yeah. Carlson whines. He doesn't speak. He whines. Right, he's got this incredibly annoying shrill voice. Yeah, and they're kind of they're they're jumping on board this whole you know macho masculine trend because it's popular because they mm-hmm. you know th- th- this is a kind of a big like this like the Joe Rogan effect, yeah. um, the, you know the bro Rogans and, and you know they're all do- dosing themselves up on testosterone they all believe that everything's being feminized in America and trans people are are contributing to the kind of wussification of America the feminine the feminization of America. It's just bullshit, you're, and it's like these guys not the you're not the right messengers anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean then again, neither was Hitler wasn't exactly what you call a manly man, but that's like a whole thing with fascism. It's always rooted in masculinity or threat to masculinity. Always, yeah, yeah. like there's no such thing as feminist fe- uh, feminist fe- uh, fascism, right? That's not a thing. Even mm. even the women of uh, fascism always subordinate themselves to the men because yeah. that's the root of, of fascism is the men you have to be masculine and blah 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 and it's it, that's just a thing about it that's like it's a, a core concept which is why they're always so interested in in going after you know the 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 manliest group of men and which is you know UFC and hell's angels and all that type of bullshit because it's it's an easy appeal yeah. Mm. Here's the great irony of all of this. And you guys know I've spent a lot of time researching and, and writing about uh, steroids. I did a whole piece uh, for the banter back in the day about uh, steroid abuse among cops. And this is all germane to what we're talking about, because uh, a lot of times the hormone in men and I'm singling out men here. It's the hormone has a different effect in women. The hormone estrogen, or more specifically, estradiol in men, is what causes the over-the-top alpha behavior, the irascibility, the moodiness, the kind of behavior we see from Donald Trump. That's not testosterone doing that. That's high estradiol. I'm convinced that one of the reasons why Donald Trump behaves the way he behaves is because he's he's using Propecia for hair loss. This has been documented in his medical reports, such that we can believe his medical reports. But when they actually issued, he was either Ronnie Jackson or Dr. Bornstein uh, issued a a report in terms of some of the drugs that uh, uh, Donald Trump was taking. And one of them is Propecia, which is uh, finasteride. That's, you know, you take that internally and it's supposed to keep your hair. Well, well done. (laughs) Well done with Donald (laughs) Trump, huh? But the side effect of that is it knocks out your production of DHT, which is a form of testosterone, which then elevates your estrogen levels and causes that moodiness, causes that uh, 
that you know cantankerous behavior that angry you know the angry outbursts and so on and that's kind of what we see more often than not the other thing is it's probably, and I, this is just a, an assumption of mine. This is just speculation on my part. I also think people like Donald Trump are on testosterone replacement. In fact, I'd love to, it, it, God, if I was doing a doctoral thesis, I would do my doctoral thesis on correlating Donald Trump's outbursts with the administering of testosterone. Endogenous, yeah, yeah. Um, I, th I meant to say exogenous testosterone, testosterone injections or however else he's taking it. And, and so I think you can correlate all those things. And uh, again, the great irony is that the side effect of heightened estradiol is what causes this kind of behavior from these people. I'm almost certain of it. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah wow. I mean, it's a fascinating topic to get into because I, I think... And this, you can extend this, I think, to the broader Trump movement, to mm. the Red Hats, to the MAGA movement. I think there are a lot of uh, MAGA supporters, a lot of Donald Trump supporters who are on some form of substance uh, that is making them behave irrationally, that's making them susceptible to suggestion and to rage. And I wonder if it's a combination of things like, you know, uh, either on the uh on the rise up or you know sort of starting to take opioids or getting off opioids and replacing it with meth uh or a combination of that and bro science hormone replacement i think there's a combination of a bunch bunch of things happening under the surface that we don't yet know about that no one's really dug into but i think it's uh, a, you know a definite possibility that would explain a lot in terms of this what on the outside seems like the American nervous breakdown, where all of these formerly rational people have just lost their minds. So there it is. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. I mean, you know, like, it, it would make a lot of sense. Um, I think that people's behaviors, like the chemicals that we ingest, uh, have a, a lot, lot greater effect on us than on mm. society. I mean, you know, talking about the testosterone thing, there is, there is actually a, a testosterone crisis in men for sure, but not in the way that Tucker Carlson and Ben Shapiro think there is. Um, it, it's like a, it, you know, there are actual hormonal problems, you know, yeah, to, to do with to do with diets. So we've talked about that on on another podcast. Yeah, if they were um, really concerned about that, they would focus on the food supply in this right, country, right, right, and the, right, the cheapest right, right. of the cheapest of foods that you can buy. Uh, mm. Also happen to be the foods that make you to, obese, yeah, which then make you um, uh, cut on, cut into your testosterone level and all the rest of it. Just completely uh, flips your entire chemistry upside down. And I think mm. that's it's the uh, chemtrails. It's the chemtrails, Bob. I got the papers right here. <laughs> that's exactly. I got the papers right, right here from Raytheon. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's from Raytheon, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so, well, guys, look, let's let's uh, moving on to the um, next topic, which is uh, kind of related. Uh, another another big macho male, uh, Jordan Peterson, the Canadian intellectual, <laughs> right? The Canadian intellectual, quote um, basically, yeah, voice voice to the you know uh, da dad figure to YouTube. What's he called? The dad of YouTube or something? No, um, I something like that. But anyway, he was on Piers Morgan this week crying over incels um so uh, this is from variety magazine i'm gonna read this this quote so jordan peterson broke down in tears during an interview on piers morgan uncensored when asked about olivia wilde referring to him as a hero to the incel community wilde was on her don't worry darling press tour when she revealed to interview magazine that chris pine's villainous character in the film frank is based on peterson wilde called peterson this pseudo-intellectual hero to the incel community. Uh, then, so said Peterson, sure, why not? Um, he said when Piers Morgan asked if Wilde's assessment of him was true. Quote, you know, people have been after me for a long time because I, because I have been speaking to disaffected young men. Peterson then broke down into tears and said, quote, it's very difficult to understand how demoralized people are. And certainly many young men are in that category. You get these casual insults, these insults. What do they mean? These men, they don't know how to make themselves attractive to women who are very picky and good for them. Women like be picky, 
That's your gift, man. Demand high standards from your men. Fair enough. But all these men who are alienated, it's like they're lonesome and they don't know what to do and everyone piles abuse on them. Right? So he... he he basically broke down in tears again. Jordan Peterson has this habit of crying. Every time he's on TV or an interview that goes on for more than five minutes, he starts crying about something, uh, which leads me to believe the guy is deeply unsettled and there's, he's suffering from some sort of mental illness. Uh, well, he did a whole but, drug rehab stint uh, recently. Right, right, so. right, right. So what, while lecturing everybody else on, 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 you know, pulling yourself together and being a man and standing up straight, all that kind of stuff with your shoulders back. He's 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 continually he's constantly breaking down on te- on te- on television. It's very strange, right? And and so look, you know, maybe he has a point about the incels, right? That that these are very sad, disaffected young men, and some you know someone should reach out to them. I get it, right? But at the same time, he's out. He he got kicked off of Twitter for bit for abusing trans people right for after going over uh, um who was it elliot page elliot page right so he was trolling elliot page who had his um or their breasts removed right used to be ellen page and transitioned to to elliot page and jordan peterson thought it was a good idea to to misgender him uh and basically mock him on twitter uh, but then now he feels incredibly sorry for for a lot of these very disturbed men who are like. I mean, we're going to talk about that in the members only section today, Justin. Oh yeah, your time in incel chat rooms, right? Like, what what is this? It's this weird sense of priorities, right? With these con- like conservative men, you can feel sorry for the fascists and the white nationalists, but you can't feel sorry for the most marginalized community in America, right? Who's more, who has it harder, right? Who has it harder? Frustrated, sexually frustrated young men who spend most of their time on the internet or trans kids who are being beaten up and murdered at higher proportions than any other minority group in America. Like it's, it's not even a close well, call. Nobody has it harder in America than a white man. I mean, come on, the three of us know that. I mean, come on, really? We go through stores and no one has it harder than we do. But like, it's just, I it's just tough for us. I just, but I just don't get it. I don't get why. Why this? Does he not understand how ludicrous this looks? Right? How 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 preposterous it looks to be crying over this kind of thing, um, while being such a dick to other, you know, genuinely oppressed minorities. I don't. I just. Yeah. Anyway, that's well, my. He sells, uh, he sells victimhood. He always. That's his whole thing. That's his whole grift. He sells victimhood. You know, he he that's his he he gets paid. He makes millions of dollars a year to tell white men that they're the victim and that every every shitty thing in their life is the fault of someone else. And he tells them who they should hate and why. And yeah, nothing and nothing they do is their fault. But it's part of this. It is part of this bigger narrative, right? It goes into this whole thing about trans people that 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 the trans people are after their kids. That the trans people are after. They're coming after masculinity. They're coming after families. They, you know, that the incel problem. It's because like Jordan Peterson did this other. There was another. segment of the interview with Piers Morgan that just didn't make any sense right and this actually leads into the to the next topic about about Russia um so he was asked he was asked about the Russian invasion of Ukraine right and he said you know is this going to escalate and how bad is this and uh, are we going to win can the Ukrainians beat the Russians and basically he didn't answer the question and started talking about how morally depraved the west was Right about, yeah, about how environmentalism we we bought Russian gas, cheap Russian gas because we wanted to look virtuous because of green energy or something. It didn't make any it made like no sense whatsoever. I couldn't even follow what he was saying um and then started talking about how you know the his whole th- line is that the 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 west is uh you know morally depraved. Uh, liberals are no are morally depraved people, and Putin senses this as a weakness, and he's exploiting that weakness because he sees the West as being, you know, uh, obsessed with wokeism and all that kind of stuff. And what this has got to do with him invading Ukraine, I I don't understand. I don't know. Well, it's but anti it, anti Russia, right? He can't say he's pro Putin, right? Because that's not popular. But he could be anti anti Putin. 
That, yeah. Like, that's, yeah, Glenn, yeah. that's Glenn, Glenn Greenwald's whole shtick. It's like he's not pro-Putin, but he's anti-anti-anyone who's uh, – you know, against Putin, he's anti anyone who's against Putin. That way, he could just say, "I'm not, I'm not for Putin, but mm. I'm against you because you're against Putin." Right. It just seemed like a very the, the interview was weird. I tried to watch. I didn't. I couldn't watch all of it. It was. I can't watch him too long because it's this. He and and Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson. These are the sort of uh, you know. Was it the intellectual dark web, right? Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson are part of the intellectual dark web, the so-called um, intellectual dark web, and they are just shitty thinkers. They really are, you know. It's well, that not... tells you everything about the intellectual dark web, doesn't it? Right, right. It really does. And Pete, but Peterson has been on this roll this week. He's getting a lot of attention with this Piers Morgan thing. Um, and the worldview is getting on the right. It's getting just. It's getting weirder and weirder and weirder. And I, it's devolving into fascism. Um, uh, you know, if you look at kind of um, fascist ideology or fascist intellectuals, right? I read. Uh, I think it was Alexander Shulgin, the, the the Russian preeminent kind of Russian fascist intellectual. He's kind of Putin's Putin's um, Rasputin, right? And he wrote an essay on, you know why Russia was a victim and everybody else is an aggressor and his whole thing, it was almost verbatim what kind of Jordan Peterson was talking about, about the woke wokesters and the lesbians and the LGBTQ community and why this is all kind of morally depraved and um, bringing back the patriarchy and blah, 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 blah. Uh, So, you know, it's kind of scary to see these right-wing intellectuals, come up with these kind of bizarre talking points that don't make any sense anymore it's obsession with trans people obsession with with um you know the, the liberals infecting uh, virtuous males in in society and yeah it's it's getting kind of worrying um uh, and as a jew i i know where this stuff goes <laughs> i know yeah. where this stuff yeah. goes. you've seen this, this movie before seen this movie before and uh, in italy you know again the fascist leader in italy now uh, out there ranting and raving about financial speculators, which means Jew, mm, uh, of yep, course. Caught yep. that one. And I was like, yep. oh, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. Heard that one before. Um, but moving on, we're going to now we're gonna talk about Russia, right? So, so this week, uh, Vladimir Putin they annexed, they held sham referendums in these four regions in Ukraine that they at they, gunpoint. Yeah, at gunpoint. Very right? legitimate. Ninety-six so percent. They won the vote by 96%, which sounds super legit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Super legit. Very convincing. But um, so there was this article, there's an article in Politico that that, uh, was extremely interesting, right? This was about the US stepping up intel surveillance after Putin's nuke threats, right? Um, So US and allied intelligence agencies are stepping up efforts to detect any Russian military moves or communications that might signal that Vladimir Putin has ordered the use of nuclear weapons in Ukraine, according to five current and former US officials. But any indications that erratic Russian leader has decided to unleash the unthinkable in a desperate attempt to re-seize the initiative or bully the international community to meet his demands could come too late, they warned. Most of Russia's aircraft, along with its conventional missile and rocket launchers, can also deliver smaller tactical nuclear weapons. Those weapons are designed for more targeted use on the battlefield than strategic arms, such as intercontinental ballistic missiles, which give off telltale signs when their units are put on alert or mustered in training exercises. That means that unless Putin or his commanders want the world to know in advance, the US might never know when Russian forces have swapped out conventional munitions for atomic bombs. So this has been the sort of talk of the week, right? Is this, you know, we talked about this, we discussed this last week, uh, but now effectively Putin has rewritten the rules of this war where he's annexed these, ter- he's re- he's annexed these ter- territories now. Uh, they're now, quote unquote, part of Russia, part of the motherland. And therefore, according to Russian military doctrine, they have the right to defend them. And that means the use of nuclear weapons as well. And he has been threatening to use them. Now, uh, I don't love it. Yes, apparently, the, so the US has been, um, according to the Biden administration, they've been in high level talks with the Kremlin and haven't, they haven't 
told the public, they haven't said publicly what they're going to do in response to this, but apparently they have articulated to the Kremlin that the, the, the consequences of them using nuclear weapons of any size will be catastrophic for Russia. So I was kind of wondering, I don't know, what, what you guys thought that could be, that might look like. I don't know. I have my own ideas, but I, I uh, do, do you think that this will be a tit for tat that they will, you know, will send the Ukrainians. No, you could weapons. No, I don't no, know. No, no, there's no, no way no, they're going to hand no. nukes to the Ukrainians. <laughs> no, and they're not going to drop a nuke on Russia in defense of Ukraine. I, no, no, there's just no way they'll do that. The, the the type of catastrophic they would be talking about would be, uh, like uh, like financial. Like they've already kind of pulled the trigger on like really serious financial, but there's there's things they can do that would make what they've done so far look like a nice pat on the back. They can, they can apply way, way more pressure. Um, like yeah. to the point where their economy would collapse overnight. And but the, they, they could do much worse. Like their economy is not doing well right now. They could destroy it. So, yeah. So I think, I, I mean, my guess is that what they like, I think you're right that they're not going to. They're not. They, they certainly wouldn't engage in a tit for tat. But what they might do is they might allow um, Ukraine into NATO, uh, and basically tell the Russians like, okay, Ukraine's now in NATO, so you 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 attack. They, they up the stakes just like Putin has done, right? So they so they say, and if if the, if because I know that Ukraine has applied to join NATO. I think they actually applied as of recording this today on Friday. Uh, they've applied to join NATO. So I don't know how the process works, but um, I don't know that they can do that because Ukraine's currently at war, right? So if they were to join NATO, we would immediately have to go to war with Russia because the war wouldn't just stop and Ukraine's not going to stop until they get back to their territory. So I don't right. know if they would do that until after Ukraine gets its territory back or until Ukraine agrees, which I don't see why they would, but until Ukraine agrees to let Russia keep that territory, which I find to be extremely unlikely without a huge amount of pressure from the West. Because, because I, I think that there is going to be some, you know, they they have to respond in kind, right, to this. It's like a chess move, right? Putin takes, takes the territory, claims it as his. And says right now, any attack on that is an attack on on Russia. So therefore, a logical a logical response would be for NATO to do the same, and NATO to say, okay, this is this is Ukraine is now part of NATO. So you you touch you touch um, NATO a NATO country, we we're going to get involved. Um, mm. So you up the ante even more than Putin does, right? So Putin's just up the ante, like he he's playing chess, right? And he he ups the ante. Uh, and the logical response then is for us to up the ante too and show them that we're not fucking around. Because that's the doctrine, right? The do- as far as I can tell, the doctrine is is to respond to every move that he does with a proportional response. So or, what is a proportional response? Well, Or they could just ignore it and say, we don't give a shit. They're, we're just going to keep giving them the weapons and they're just going to keep taking back their territory. Yeah, we I don't think care that's more likely. Russia. Yeah, I, I think that's much more likely. I think like the idea we, of admitting... We, we don't acknowledge that. Fuck you. Yeah, mm. I think the idea of admitting Ukraine to NATO at this point is a non-starter. Because that would immediately mean as soon as the first Russian troop, and not the first, but obviously the first post-making Ukraine part of NATO, the, the that first shot would automatically put uh, the entire NATO alliance at war against Russia. And while yeah. we kind of are in a in a colder sense in a sort of uh, hands-off third-party sense, going into... It's a proxy war, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's a proxy war at this point. But at the same time, if if Ukraine were to be admitted to NATO, then we'd have to put boots on the ground. I mean, that that would be the requirement. And we would have to declare war against... I, think they're, just gonna, I think they're just going to ignore it and just keep doing what they're doing because they have the, they have the momentum and Russia is losing. Yes, right? yes. But I think the if Putin does use... Um, tactical nukes we're talking about a whole new world right it 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 changes the equation dramatically and i don't and that's why i think you know nato has to do something it won't just be a continue that's just my feeling it it won't be a continuation you know um i think there could be 
if be cross-border attacks on Russia. I don't know. If I you had know, to or more guess, serious weapons. If I had to guess, my guess right now would be that the United States, China, India, they're all talking to Russia right now saying we will because right now China and India are keeping Russia's economy afloat. Yes. They don't want nukes being used by anybody, right? Even Russia, they don't want them being used because that's bad business for everyone, whether or not they're engaged in this war in any way at all, which China and India, well, India is not. China kind of is on Russia's side. They don't want nukes getting involved, right? Because that's just opening a can of worms, which is just really bad for everyone everywhere. I'm sure Russia, I'm sorry, China and India right now are making it very, very clear. You drop a nuke, we're going to step aside and we're going to do what the, uh, the Americans have been doing and we're going to cut you off and your economy is going to collapse in 24 hours. Because if China and India pull out and say, we're cutting you off the same way the West did, that's it for them. Like, yeah. No one's going to be... that. They're, the only thing that's keeping their, the Russian economy as a float is the East. And if the mm. East pulls out too, that's it. They go, they're they're going to turn into North Korea, except worse. Yeah. So I think, you I'm, know... Perhaps, perhaps that, yeah, perhaps that is, you know, and th- th- there is pre- pressure we can apply on China and, and India as well. There's massive amounts of pressure, and perhaps it will come through that. We'll, we, you know, maybe maybe we say to Russia and uh, to China and India, look, pick a side now. You know, that's it. You, yeah, you it's have... like we're willing we're willing to risk open trade war with you, like real nasty one, if you yeah. don't stop fucking around. We're, yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. willing to do it now, but there are levels we're willing to fuck around with, and this is it. We'll yeah. take all kinds of pain. How about you? How much pain are you willing to put up with economically? Yeah, Pretty sure we could survive it. Not sure you can. Yeah, and that's and I think there will be the political will to do that, right? So, like right now, obviously, you've got the Tucker Carlson's and the Marjorie Taylor Greens, like you know, and the Tulsi Gabbard's say, talking about how we shouldn't be involved in this war. And uh, right, but the second they drop a nuke, they, yeah, you change the say? equation. You change right. the equation. Yeah, it's Tucker, it's a even very, Tucker Carlson's very... going to have to keep his mouth quiet. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. Well, Putin. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know about that. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at Tucker Carlson. Well, he'll just, just how... go, he'll just be more anti anti Putin. I mean, there's always like, you can't you can't say, oh, well, the United States did it. It's like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, but it, I do think it will be. You know, I'm hoping, obviously, that that doesn't happen i think everybody's praying that he doesn't do something stupid like that because we're already in i mean you know this a lot of the the, the global re- the recession that we're facing and massive inflation is because of this war you know the the spike in energy prices the spike in food prices this is all thanks to vladimir putin you know and and this guy is de- yeah, i think he's getting more and more desperate i mean it's what's happening in russia is is pretty crazy like people are fleeing the country, anti-war protests are are, are escalating. Uh, you know, the, you hear all these intercepts, these radio intercepts, right, where they they hear um, Russian generals talking to each other, and they're just like, "This is we're losing, we're getting our asses kicked. Like we're not winning this war. They they're destroying us." Um, and yeah, once I, they, once they kill another thirty, forty, fifty thousand Russians, even if they're the Russian ethnic minorities, which is what Putin's pulling in. He's trying to avoid ethnic Russians. He's trying to pull into minorities, which is yep. very Republican of him. Yeah, but, of course. You know, there's only so long he's going to be able to kill. He's only, there's only so many Russians he's going to be able to throw away before right. people start going, you're slaughtering too many of us. It's not that big of a country. Yeah. No, yeah, right. It is Exactly. It's just geographically huge, Russia. But right. it isn't, the population isn't actually that big. They have like half our population. Yes, yes. They do have more nuclear weapons than we do, <laughs> unfortunately. Once you get past 100, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all once the you, same, right? Once you right? get past enough to destroy every major city, it's just like, well, mm. everything else on top of that is irrelevant. Right, 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 right. It's just for bragging so, rights. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, it's funny this week uh, because Vladimir Putin gave Edward Snowden Russian citizenship this week. Well, that's and, one extra uh, citizen. Yeah, and what this calls to mind, and I'm sure we'll all be talking about this uh, a lot more often coming up next year, uh, especially in June, the 10th anniversary of the Snowden story. 
but uh, this calls to mind the fact that Vladimir Putin's up, been up to these shenanigans personally. I mean, obviously, there have been things happening with Russia for quite some time now, but Vladimir Putin's involvement in, in fucking with the West, I believe, started in 2013 with Edward Snowden. And then, mm. you know, in 2014, it was the invasion of Crimea. 2015, Donald Trump descends the escalator, beginning this huge disinformation campaign to support his uh, campaign. And then, uh, you know, you get Marine Le Pen, you get Brexit in there too. Uh, you know, all of these uh, operations to elevate, uh, you know, fascists and dictators and autocrats and so on. This has been you know, going on for close to 10 years now. And I think the sooner Vladimir Putin dies, <laughs> I think the better off the world will be. You mean accidentally and, falls out of a window? Yeah, <laughs> Right. And at some point, I still believe that this ends, and this is what I was saying at the very beginning, I still believe that this ends with Vladimir Putin in some cave somewhere on an IV drip, uh, you know, fleeing for his life. You know, if he's lucky enough, you know, if he's not assassinated before that, if there's not a coup before that. Yeah, caves don't have windows, so maybe he'll get lucky. <laughs> right. But I'm saying in a figurative sense, it'll be Vladimir Putin on the run at some point soon, I hope. It, it never ends well for dictators. No, it doesn't. Right? Yeah, they you know never I mean? really do get to retire, do they? No, 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 no. I mean, y y there are very, very few dictators who, who, you know, who retire happily. Right. After, and if they after... <laughs> yeah, no and if riding they... off into the sunset. Right. And if they succeed, none dare call them dictators. That's the uh, that's the trick. Yes, of course, of course. Um, so, well, look, guys, let's move on to our uh, Both Sides segment of the podcast. Our most popular part, most popular feature of the Banter Roundtable <laughs> podcast is uh, Both Sides, because uh, where we where we highlight insane Republican hypocrisy. Um, I will go first. So this week, I have a story from, this is from the Daily Beast. So Arizona Republican governor candidate Carrie Lake has made her support for law enforcement the centerpiece of her campaign. But her campaign also employs an interesting character, a convicted criminal who pleaded guilty to battery against a peace officer and who once plotted to kill an FBI informant. The staffer, Kenneth Ulibarri, previously campaigned with Lake, Salon reported in February, but his official status with the campaign was not known until now. Ulibarri confirmed in a Tuesday phone call with the Daily Beast that the late campaign had hired him to manage its Latino engagement efforts. Uh, so, so, so this this guy had tried to, he tried to, and this is the law. This is the party of law enforcement, right? The party of law enforcement, the party of uh, law and order. Um, are hiring attempted murderers, also supporting insurrectionists and. Uh, uh, who was the woman who tried to storm the Capitol and got shot? Ashley um, Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt. They're heralding her as a hero, attacked law enforcement officers. So apparently now in Republican circles, it's it's quite okay. If you've tried to murder um, someone working for the FBI or a law enforcement officer, you're in. One wonders if that was on his resume and that's why he got hired. I would imagine. Yeah, you know what? I think as I'm, I think these days it's it's a it's a bonus, right? It's, it's kind a, of a it's bonus. A it's a positive. Have you tried to shoot a police officer? All right, and if you have, then the the GOP wants you because you're our uh, type you're for, of guy. Yeah, you're for you're for freedom, particularly the FBI, right? Partic particularly anything to do with the FBI, given the fact that they are uh, they planted evidence at Mar-a-Lago, right? It's not going to be defund the FBI. It's going to be defenestrate the FBI. Open windows. <laughs> yep. 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 Exactly. So, Justin, who's your pick this week? All right. Our, our good friend and close uh, ally of the podcast, um, Mike Flynn, General, former General <laughs> Mike Flynn. Um, we're going to have him on here as a guest one day. I'm sure of it. Um, he was at a campaign event for Arizona Secretary of State Mark Fincham because, sure, um, and he said 90% of federal agencies should be disbanded because of states' rights. But that wasn't the problem. Okay, that was a problem. But the thing he said was, did you know that governors that a governor can declare war? And we're probably going to see that, which is an explicit call for states to declare war on the United States uh, federal government. Whoa. And, 
And he was, the crowd ate it up. They were all applauding and cheering, and they just loved it. Because when on the left, when someone on the left says, we should wage war against the federal government, that's exactly the sort of thing you would see, right? Totally, 100%. Except not, because that only happens on the right. Only the right does that sort of thing, ever. But these people are fucking crazy. And I think we're seeing a trend here, right? There, there's right? a common it's, thread. There's a common thread between our picks, I think. No? Yeah, something about <laughs> killing killing feds. Yep, they, they yeah. do have a thing about that these days. Crazy. Um, mm. Bob, your pick this week. All right. Well, six Republican-led states are suing the Biden administration in an effort to halt its plan to forgive student loan debt for tens of millions of Americans, according to the AP. And wow. uh, this is not obviously happening on the Democratic side. Anyone wants to create a false equivalence between the Democrats and the Republicans and say, oh, yeah, both parties are the same. Well, they're not the same. The Democrats are forgiving student loan debt up to $20,000 per debtor. And the Republicans are saying, uh-uh, not so fast. We're going to give you that debt back. You're going to have that. You think you're out. You think you're free of that debt. No, no, no. You're, we're going to give you that debt so as if nothing ever happened and you still have to owe for the rest of your natural life, <laughs> the rest of your working life, you're going to give a big chunk of that back to the government, back to whoever you borrowed the money from. And that's, that's that. Sorry, sorry. And you know what? In this case, please keep going. Republicans, you're doing great. <laughs> you know, make it all 50 States, but you know, every state where there's a Republican attorney general sue the Biden administration, to have that debt reinstated all these, uh, all these people all these students, uh, ex-students, or whatever you want to call them, graduates. And so uh, that's it. That's the Republican Party being entirely tone deaf and not reading the room as far as uh, politics goes. I, I guess they assume that younger people, maybe people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, etc., aren't voting for Republicans, but I think they should probably reconsider that because even though Republicans are the party of the poorly educated, there are still educated Republicans who would be inclined to vote for people like Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. And if they're stuck with all kinds of debt, that makes it less likely that they're going to contribute to Republican campaigns. This is such a stupid goddamn move. It's stupid on every level, except for the fact that it's going to help Democrats. So in that sense, as stupid as it is, I'm happy for them to keep suing. Please keep doing it because they're never going to win. And also, it's just going to help Democrats win elections with the with early voting and mail in ballots already being uh, submitted as of right now. Unbelievable. Yeah. Dumb, dumb, dumb. You goddamn going. Yeah. It's like keep going, guys. Just, you know, never interrupt interrupt your enemy while they're making a mistake. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, Mm Yeah. Okay, gentlemen. Wow. And uh, our dear listeners, uh, that's the end of the show today. We're going to be moving into the members-only section, the members-only podcast, where we're going to be talking about Justin's uh, many, many hours in Intel forums uh, and what he what he believes is going on there. This is in regards to his uh, fascinating piece this week, which you should check out. It's in the members-only uh, section and on the newsletter. So please check that out and, uh, and come and come and talk to come and listen to us discuss this um, in the members-only podcast. You can get a free trial, so you can come listen for free. Um, please uh, become a banter member as well. We'd love to have you there. It's how we pay our bills, and we really, really appreciate the support. And to everybody else, we'll see you next week. Later.